0: Welcome to another episode of Adding Up the Podcast. I'm your host, Serena.Ryan, and I am dedicated to sharing my financial learnings and experience as I become debt-free. My journey and relationship with money hasn't been an easy one. I'm dedicated to helping you see that you're not alone if you are struggling with understanding money. And I want you to see that as I'm changing my future by understanding and gaining financial education, you can too. I know I don't have all the answers and that is why from time to time I'll have experts and other people sharing their financial education experience to help you gain better financial education and rewrite your future with money too. In today's episode, I am going to be talking a lot about budgeting. Like, oh, budgeting, that doesn't sound very exciting or interesting. I beg to differ. I have found a way to use my creativity to enable a lot of things in my life, which budgeting is one of those things. The more creative we can get with it, we can actually gain a lot more and even achieve things that we previously thought were impossible. I'm about to go to America and Canada for about two and a half weeks to make that possible. It actually comes down to budgeting. And there are a few different areas I want to cover that relate to this trip, but also to my day to day, because a skill that has been honed for me has been able to budget effectively of all things. My grocery shop, and to think that the skills of being able to do a good grocery shop each week are one of the things I've been relying on to get me to go on the other side of the world. Considering I had not even considered, (laughs) I'll have the play on consider there, I had not even considered this trip, mm, well, until about eight weeks ago, that it actually started to effectively come together, that I got to see that anything can be possible if we put our mind. To it. And it's not just about being all warm and fuzzy and setting a goal, or really it's a wish unless we've got a plan attached to it, but rather when we're committed to achieving something and then we break down the steps to be able to get to it, it becomes a lot more tangible and feasible. And being able to go, well, actually, I can. Get there because I broke it down into small bite sized chunks. And that's the premise of budgeting. I do recall in previous episodes of the Adding Up podcast, I've talked about how I've set myself some fun challenges around budgeting. And that does come back to grocery shopping. Grocery shopping is nothing real that exciting. And it wasn't even something I thought that was, well, earth shattering, really. Something necessary. And if anything, from week to week, I dread doing it. Usually painful when I don't plan for it, especially when I have two young boys who hate shopping. It's like they've got this allergy to going near a shop. If I go near a shop, suddenly their voice goes up several octaves, they decide they want everything in the shop. And if they don't get it, they're going to act out. And these are normally calm, rational, pretty easygoing kids. The fact is they don't like going inside shops. I found myself dreading the weekly shop, not just because I didn't want to spend the money, but because I didn't want the whole experience either. It wasn't until October last year when I started viewing it differently, that if I could take control of the weekly grocery shop and only spend the money we needed to, then we'd end up with more money in our pocket or being able to use for other things we really wanted. And then it became quite a game. The cool thing about budgeting is when you're clear on how much you have, and then you're clear on what you want, and you're able to match the two. You have this opportunity to be in control, and also reduce waste, and have the satisfaction of achieving something. All of these things started to come together beautifully for me when I could see that by setting myself a goal of working out how much it was going to cost for us to have the food to feed the family of four that we have comfortably and not spend over that, I realized there was surplus cash that could be used to pay down debt. What I love the most about budgeting this way, it has meant that we're in a situation where I've been able to steadily pay down debt and debt that we'd always been comfortable servicing. That's the thing. Debt can be so easily hidden from the greater world. Anyone, friends, other family would never know you had it if you're servicing the debt. And for more than 20 years, I would say since the age of 18 when I got my first credit card, I've always been able to service debt. So it's never really been a problem. It wasn't until I had a, well, aha moment of going, while we have debt, we need to have a necessity of earning income. And that means that you're essentially tied to the responsibility of earning money to pay for debt. And it may seem like a really novel idea, but what if we were to change this habit that has been formed for more than 20 years and get rid of debt so we'd only be earning money to look after ourselves? rather than service debt and look after ourselves and our family. it is an interesting challenge. I've gone, wow. Rather than get into a habit of feeling like we need more money all the time, what if we could be more creative with what we have and therefore happier, knowing everything's taken care of, that we're not only paying for and getting money to have a life, live and be nurtured, We also have money to reduce debt, not just service it. I'm excited. I've already decided I'll commit to in the next episode of this podcast, I'll give a financial update to say exactly how much money I've actually paid on to debt in 12 months. Starting October 2018, I've had this consistent commitment to pay down debt. I've got rid of two credit cards. And we're on to number three of three now, which is quite exciting. And I can already say we've got one credit card was five. The other one was one. The other one is actually, ah, I love it. I just realized I'm catching myself. Lo was six and so total twelve thousand dollars in credit card debt and want a credit card number three to get rid of. In 12 months I know we're going to be around seven to eight thousand dollars comfortably, at least paid off in debt, but I'll come up with the exact figure and report back in the next episode. Because what's interesting for me is I've set up a structure to actually consistently pay it down so I don't actually get to see it physically. So I'm not seeing the dollars and cents of exactly what it is that's being paid down. I've just decided, right, how much money can we afford to pay on debt? And it's being paid consistently as we're paid our wage. And I get paid my wage from The business I run and my husband works as an employee outside of the business, we combine our two wages and we pay down our debt. And it's an interesting place to be knowing I could not have even considered doing that October. 2018, because I had not sat down and looked fully at what we had and started tracking. And it's not about restricting ourselves. Like this is a habit of mine. I had to learn to break and I'm still in the progress of breaking it. And that is the habit of feeling like if I'm running on a budget that I've got a structure of knowing what's being paid for and what isn't, that I'm locked in this feeling of being tracked. Like freedom is the ability to spend money without having to worry about accounting for it. And I realized that's a myth and a belief that I really had and didn't even realize I had it until I started budgeting. These fears started to creep in of feeling like I was trapped. Where there's a book I've read called Tools of Titans, it's by Tim Ferriss. And in this book, There's a series of interviews with entrepreneurs and people at the top of their game who have succeeded. They're viewed as being very successful and therefore Tim has been interviewing them. And this book is a synopsis, about two to three pages of these interviews, which are, I believe, on his podcast. I haven't actually sat down and listened to his podcast, but I've read his book. And one of these people he's interviewed, Jocko Wilnick, he has this quote which really landed heavily on me and continues to do so even to this day. Now, this book I read nearly three, I think it's about three years ago now. The quote is, Discipline Equals Freedom. It's an interesting one because for me, I'd always thought discipline was rigidity and it was considered connotations of thinking of jail and being trapped and held in when you like you've got to restrain yourself when you're disciplined you know you you don't step out of line and it's only really now more well, since October 2018 that I'm starting to see with clarity, how much freedom I get from discipline. Like discipline has enabled some beautiful things. This discipline of budgeting, a great example is being able to take our family on holidays. Holidays, because I had the discipline of sticking to a budget initially of $100 a week for the grocery shopping for a family of four, I now hover between $80 to $90 a week in our grocery shop. And by doing that, incrementally paying down debt. But I've also had enough money consistently to pop away into an account, you know, it may not seem like much to some, but consistently over 12 months, if you're putting away around $100 to $200 a fortnight, it's steadily adding up to a nice tidy sum that can be used for holidays for the family. In previous holidays, it's always been a strain to go, okay, we've booked the holiday, but never fully planned or budgeted for it. And would be looking to go, What money can we use for it? The cool thing is, is now it's like we've got this pot of money we know. It's again, it's not huge, full on holidays. Caravan parks are incredible these days. And if you've got young kids, I highly recommend them. They're like resorts here in Australia with amazing water parks and playgrounds. And they're usually located by the beach. I'm not someone who will necessarily stay in a tent. I do like my basic creature comforts of having a bathroom and all within like lovely cabins. It's surprising the quality of what's available when you lay yourself to think and be outside the square. I reframe things and talking with my kids, we talk about going on adventures. Adventures sound so much better than saying I'm going on holiday we're going on adventure, we're going exploring, we're going to find something a little different. We never quite know who we're going to meet and what we're going to experience. Much more fun than a holiday and reframes everything. The power for me in having the freedom from, I was going to say freedom from budgeting, How's that interesting? I love how my brain works and the way the words connect. The freedom I'm given through the discipline of budgeting enables me to have so much more in my life than I ever thought possible. That excites me. I see that clearly now as I'm planning to go away in September. The trip was not something that was even considered well until really recently, only in a matter of weeks. The discipline of budgeting And considering how much it was going to cost and what to allow for, for spending and for tickets for things, it meant sitting down and figuring it all out. Now, this may seem extreme, but I'm sharing it because I believe I know how immensely powerful it has been for me. I hope it helps at least one or more who are listening to this podcast now. For me, being able to visualize every single day that I'm away and be clear on even using Google to research the locations we will be in, what types of food are available, what activities we're going to consider during during the day. All these things come together to make freedom, freedom from worry. When I'm clear on how much we need uh, for the likelihood of certain activities and then building in, I usually build in like a 20% buffer. It means that we can have a clarity of how much money is required for the trip without feeling like I'm going to be short or too much of it. Because if I have too much money in the trip away, it puts us in a situation right now, I'm acutely aware that that's money that could be paid on debt. And consistently, I want to be able to pay down debt so that we can have more freedom. The more freedom, the better. Well, discipline enables freedom. The more I see that, I am excited by it. But that is more the aha moment coming through. I'd be interested to know how you feel about discipline. What feelings does that bring up for you? Do you feel trapped or do you get excited by the thought that you could have so much more in your life than you ever realized because you have discipline? I find the more I focus on that, not just around money, but around other areas of my life, the discipline to have work ethic, the discipline to have consistent work hours and the discipline to work even when you feel like you don't want to, that also brings a lot of freedom with it as well. And I also find the discipline around exercise and the discipline around healthy eating also means that you're in a healthier mindset to be able to have the life you want as well. Discipline for me is getting a lot more Love and reframe, and I'm finding I'm better for it. The other side of budgeting, this is something I think it, initially it was an impulse decision to go on this trip in September, knowing it's going to be of great benefit. But now, what do I do? Initially, thinking, okay, well, I need money for the trip. But then there's also the consideration of I work for myself, I have overheads of a business that needs to be taken care of whilst I'm away. And then knowing that the nature of the business that I have has got seasonality as well. And what that means is budgeting. And this is big learning as well. And something I have in the past made a mistake about So you can budget to go away. But what happens when it interrupts your usual work routine? That also means it can impact the consistent flow of business. Also then considering the seasonality of business and typically seasonality and working as a speaker in Australia, it becomes a quieter period often over the Christmas period, which is also coinciding with summer in Australia as well. For me, it's actually looking at my budgeting Not just for the trip, but also projecting into the next three months as well, what could potentially be impacted because we have lead times that usually can be six to 12 months as well. All of these things, and this is the power of understanding budget and looking to the future and using what you have, that experience, that knowledge, understanding to consider where you should be rather than only focusing on the immediate need, budgeting and forecasting that comes with it can actually help to future-proof you. Rather than just look for a budget for the trip, it's actually a budget for the trip, a budget to manage the business over the next quarter as well. And allow the freedom of forecasting for that and planning around that. I found the most powerful tool that I have is the visualization of putting myself into the shoes of where I am going to be in the future in each of those scenarios and then allowing for understanding what income I need to cover all of those scenarios. And that's a good thing. I used to shy away from that for fear of going, what if I don't have what I need for those things? But I now see the power of using the visualization to see what I do need. And by doing that, I'm in a situation to plan for risk management. And that is powerful. That means I am working within parameters of knowing what I should be allowing for. And when I can allow for things, they aren't as jarring as dealing with the unknown. I'm in a better situation to be able to manage My finances, manage obligations through payments of bills, and have conversations with people if I need to around money. And as someone who's always, well, in the past, previously shied away from money conversations, I'm finding myself increasingly having those conversations. I love the fact that today we went and met with our bank advisor. We have a home loan uh, that is split, variable and fixed and the fixed term on the home loan, like it's a portion of the loan for our, our home, that fixed term was expiring whilst I'm away. And we were able to talk through all the different scenarios of how that would impact us by me not being here at that point in time when it expired. And we were able to talk through what the options that the bank were going to give us to be able to re-lock in or keep it variable. That would have been something really stressful if I had not sat down and looked at our budget and planning to consider before going away because it would have just crept up on us and I wouldn't have had ability to control the situation or at least ask the questions and initiate the conversations. So to take a proactive approach with finances, I'm finding that really exciting. And the most exciting thing now is that after having that conversation today at the bank, that they've come back and said, all right, okay, we're happy to consider renegotiating uh, your rates less than what you're currently paying across both the fixed and the variable loans. So I'm excited at the thought and stay tuned. I'll come back to you hopefully in the next episode and say that we're now on an even better rate, which puts me in a situation of making sure that our credit cards are getting paid down even quicker. Because when I looked at all the things we're doing and going away, I have realised that my dedication to be without credit cards by February 14th, 2020, well, it may not eventuate. I thought I've got to actually balance this out with what our immediate needs are and to still ensure that we have a comfortable life. (laughs) Well, slightly uncomfortable, but comfortable, as in making sure we have food on the table, that we're okay. And going through that process, I realised when I set the target of February 14th, 2020, it wasn't going to happen on the current situation. Now, I want to be clear here. I always like to project in the known. This is something that's important with budgeting so we don't set ourselves up for failure. And something that is manageable so that it doesn't burn us out because... A budget, for example, I could probably halve our food budget by half right now, but that may mean the sacrifice that 90% of the time we're living on beans on toast. And don't get me wrong, I do eat beans on toast, but if I'm having that for every meal, is that sustainable long-term for the family? No. I've got to be a realist here. So making sure we do get a decent amount of fruit and veg and we do get some variety in our meals and still keeping that under $100 a week, I'm pretty proud of that fact. So balancing all that out means that credit card number three at the moment is on track to be paid by June 2020. Now with this change in the home loan, I'm excited at the thought that I might get much closer to that February target. So happy Valentine's Day to me to have no credit cards is the plan. I will keep you posted on how that is tracking and I'm hoping that in the next episode I have the opportunity to say to you, we've got a reduced home loan rate and therefore we're going to be paying that much more on the credit card to get that final one out of our hands. Well these days it's not in our hands, it's not even in our wallet, <laughs> it is one that is not used at all, it just needs to be paid off. That's the important thing here. Ah. <sighs> You know, something else I discovered at the bank today, when I spoke with the bank advisor, we're talking about the home loans, and then she goes, oh, are you on package? Now, um, this is something common in Australia. I don't know if it happens elsewhere in the world. Please do let me know, because I am curious if you're somewhere else in the world and you're going, well, we have a similar thing. Do let me know. I'm curious. Credit cards in Australia, if you're on package for your home loan, many home loans It was compulsory when we originally got our home loan that you would get a credit card as part of the package. And it was compulsory to have it. And I can remember when we signed up, I was clearly told, you must have that credit card. Um, I said, look, I don't want it. Can I not have it? And they said, no, as part of this package, you get it. I was quite upset. And unfortunately, we ended up maxing out that credit card that was the very first credit card I paid off in full and that was a limit of 6000 and that was the minimum limit we could have on that credit card. Now, today I get told that that credit card that I was told I must have as a part of the loan, I can simply go onto the app on my phone and close it, whereas previously you had to ring up and you had no choice. It was so hard to get rid of credit card. I was so angry at the thought that I had to hold on to this credit card. Even when I paid it off, I didn't go back and check with the bank. I just assumed I had to keep a hold of it. So my lesson to you, I would say out of that as well, if you think you have to hold on to a credit card because it was part of your home loan package, it's worth going back to your bank and asking, can I get rid of it? That's if you choose, if you actually want to get rid of it. At least asking the question so you have all the information to know where you stand. I was going to say what your rights are, where you do stand. That is really important. And that is the intent of this podcast. Like I'm sharing my experiences based on feeling like I wish I knew a lot of the things I know now. I don't have formalised training in financial education, so that's not where I'm coming from. It's more my lived experience that helps you to go and ask the questions that I believe you should be asking. If you can ask more informed questions, you have the opportunity to have a more informed and better quality life. And that is 100% my intention. Question the experts in finance around you to hold them accountable and give you better options to achieve what you really want. If you have specific questions and challenges around your own financial education, do reach out and let me know. I make a point of having a link in every podcast episode here on the Adding Up podcast for you to reach out and ask me a question. Ask a question, do it via voicemail. And it makes it's easy to do in the link in the podcast show notes. When you ask the question, I can give you my personal take on it, but I also commit to you to getting a financial education expert, whether that be an accountant, a financial advisor, a bookkeeper, to answer that question for you as well so you can get an informed opinion. And maybe it's because you want a second or third opinion from the current financial team that you have surrounding you or you may be in the market to get someone new to help you. This is so important, I believe, that we get better questions and better information to help us have our financial education, become debt-free and have the lives we really want.